Welcome to this weekend's Missouri Politics Playoff Time Edition in Missouri. We are here at the uh, University of Central Missouri campus in Warrensburg with the senator from Warrensburg himself, Denny Hoskins. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me, Scott. It's Oktoberfest, the most wonderful time of the year. And you guys took Oktoberfest this year and passed a tax cut. Tell me about it. That's right. We did. Uh, the governor called us in for a special session in order to consider a tax cut. Uh, we were able to pass that both through the House and the Senate. The governor did sign uh, the tax cut. So Missourians starting in 2023 will have a top rate of 4.95%. And then we also have some triggers in there. So as general revenue increases, that rate will continue to go down. So you're a CPA. Yes. You served when Governor Nixon was always so proud of keeping that AAA bond rating, cutting revenue. First question you have is to the CPA. Is yes. that gonna is that gonna run the state short? Are they gonna be able to keep their bond rating at AAA? Missouri will definitely be able to keep their AAA bond rating. You know, we have plenty of money in reserves in the billions of dollars. I, I, I mean, it fluctuates daily, but I believe somewhere between $4 billion and $5 billion. So this was a, a measured uh, tax cut. Would I have liked to seen more? Uh, yes. In fact, I filed a bill that would have uh, eliminated the corporate income tax. I know the Wall Street Journal just came out with a, an article that said that uh, that probably would have done a lot of good to the state of Missouri, too. But this is a start, and I look forward to looking at more tax cuts this January. You know, that's interesting. When I first walked in that building with, with Mark Richardson, Todd's dad, mm -hmm. I, every, the Republican philosophy was we're going to cut business taxes. That's what we're going to cut. Right. Personal taxes were not really mentioned. The thought was you cut business taxes, businesses come here, and then they'll hire more people and be successful. This was a break from that philosophy. It was a little break from that philosophy, but I think that overall, you know, an income tax cut for individuals is a good thing. But I also think, you know, it's you know, it doesn't take a, a scientist to figure out that we as individuals are the ones that pay the corporate income tax. They put that in their price as far as goods and, and things that we purchase. And so we are actually the ones that are paying the uh, corporate income tax. So I would like to see that uh, reduced and, and eliminated as well. Had several talks with many of my colleagues and they're very supportive of that as well. So I look forward to refiling that bill this January. A bill that, uh, bill that you were very in the in the weeds on was the ag bill. Yes. I think this whole thing kind of got started out of concerns around the ag bill. Right. Uh, there was an ag bill. You'd had some questions about it earlier. Some other senators had. It came out. The governor said two years wasn't enough. He wanted six. He's got six. Tell me what's in it. It has a lot of agricultural tax incentives. So MASBA tax credits, it also has some uh, tax incentives for biodiesel and ethanol. There's a whole host of different things. So when the governor came out with his call, and the governor and I had had several conversations over the past uh, two or three months about um, his call for a special session to deal with those tax uh, incentives for agriculture. and. His original call didn't include some of the other things that I wanted to make sure that they were included. Some stuff dealing with surveys, uh, log uh, truck limits, um, and a couple other things. And so we talked about those and, and I said, hey, if I offered these in an amendment, would you expand the call? And, and we had some discussions on that. And he said, yes, I think those are important to agriculture as well. And so if you were offering that as an amendment or include those in that agricultural bill, then most certainly I, I would expand the call for that. So. All right, you tell me. Yes. You're a senior state senator who represents mm -hmm. one of the highest level in, higher institutions in the state. I'm a simple hillbilly. When he said he would veto it, did you believe him? I did not think that. I didn't would. either. I did, I, not, didn't either. I did not think that he would veto it uh, based on there being a two year sunset. And, but the main reason, there's some other agricultural tax incentives that I'm very passionate about and I would like mm -hmm. to see passed. Uh, rural jobs is one. Yeah. And so I knew that I'm going to be here for two more years. And I knew that 
the reason that we put the two-year sunset on, on some of those tax credits was so we'd continue to have those discussions. The Senate seems to have a care for rural Missouri. Yes. The House, sometimes you don't see that. They like leadership a lot of times in the suburbs. Maybe they, they don't know what to farm. They don't go to farms. They're not sure. They don't care about them. Dean Ploggers are the opposite of that. Yes. Is it the time next year for a rural jobs program, maybe including your legislation and some others? He's, I mean, half the time, Dean Plogger cares more about rural Missouri than rural legislators. Yes. Uh, the majority floor leader, Dean Plockers, as you mentioned, is going to be the Speaker of the House in uh, the Missouri State House. And, and Dean and I have been friends for several years. In fact, Dean yeah. came in in a special session when I was, a, I believe, a senior in yeah. the House. And uh, so uh, Representative Plockers is a great guy. And he, he and I have had several conversations about uh, rural Missouri. And, and he is very passionate about uh, making sure that uh, rural Missouri is taken care of as well, not just Kansas City and St. Louis. You tell me this. I it, you and Governor Parson, similar parts of the states from just down the road here. Yes. You guys have always had a similar, always thought of you as a similar way you carry yourselves, right. way you treat other people. Right. Your voting records, relatively mm -hmm. similar. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like that relationship got frayed this year, but it feels as though, well, I think the, the results of this special session are proof of it. Maybe that relationship has, has gotten better. What, what could you share about that? Yes, you know, Governor Parson obviously cares a lot about agriculture and he is a farmer himself and, and a lot of my district is very rural. I have a lot of farms and agricultural businesses in my district and so I think we were both trying to get toward the same goal as far as supporting agriculture here in the state of Missouri. We maybe just had a couple different paths on getting there. So the, the governor and I have a, a good relationship. Uh, we've talked like I said several times in the past uh, few months. Uh, we actually met uh, when during the Governor's Economic Development Conference down in Springfield about a month ago and, and met uh, he and I just for about an hour and talked about several different things and about the direction he would like to see the state go and likewise the things that I would like to see uh, accomplished in the state and one of those obviously was a tax cut. So uh, the governor and I have, have a good working relationship. Do we agree on everything every time? No, sure. most certainly. Yeah. Most certainly we don't. Just like uh, my Republican colleagues, I don't always agree with them on everything and, and they don't always agree well, with my me. My job would be quite boring if you guys agreed all the time. That's right. If, if we just so came in and, and voted yes or voted no, <laughs> and then, you know, along party lines every time, then uh, that would not, uh, I don't think, be best representation. Tell me about a guy that's running to replace Governor Parson, a good friend of yours, Senator yes. Bill Eigel. Yes, Senator Bill Eigel's a, a great guy. He and I have been friends for, uh, I believe, six, seven years now. Uh, philosophically, we're very much the same. Uh, he's very conservative, uh, as am I. Uh, he wants tax cuts, he wants to eliminate the personal property tax. Um, he and I have a lot of the same views on education as well. And so uh, I think Senator Igel would make an excellent governor. I know he's kind of put his hat out there and, and to see what interest you know, he could garner. If you cut, if you cut personal, personal income tax, cut corporate tax, you cut property tax, at some point, how are you gonna fund roads and schools? Well, I think right now, obviously, we have a huge surplus. When we talk about personal property taxes, I think Senator Igel had a very uh, good uh, bill and recommendation. And basically, as the assessed value increases on your personal property, obviously, you pay more taxes. And so this was a phase out of the personal property tax as the valuation increases then uh, your personal property tax would overall would decrease. There's a little bit of an invert here though, because you mm -hmm. have folks in St. Charles that'll go vote in Francis Hall and they'll vote to raise that levy. Yes. Then they'll go over Bill Eichel that says, let's not do this. Right. It is, a, it is an interesting conundrum in those suburbs where they'll vote to raise those levies almost every time it's on the ballot and they'll go vote for very conservative legislators. Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially in the suburbs, they really, well, 
like their schools and want to be supportive of their schools. And so many times on those levies, it's, it's hard to say no. You know, you need to make do with the amount of, of income that you have. You know, here in Warrensburg, we've had some uh, in, increases in valuation and things like that to support our schools. And, and we have good schools here in, in Warrensburg and, and in Johnson County. Well, so you're going to be when they get those assessments on those used cars this year. That's it could right. be the, it could be the type of strike while the iron's hot because is there a Missourian in rural Missouri that when he gets his property tax bill mm -hmm. and his trucks doubled in value but nobody's offering him cash for it right. he's going to be livid right yes uh, most certainly you know a lot of the assessors use the NADA or or other uh, types of of. Uh, companies in order to evaluate their personal property as far as their trucks and and I think so you're gonna it, have to look at that law. I I think we are gonna have to look at that it's law. It's one of those things you could when they passed that law. I'm sure they had no idea there was going to be, you know, skyrocketing inflation. I mean, right. most people that remember the Carter years aren't in aren't in government anymore. Yes. But the Biden years have been a whole different world of inflation. How could you plan for it? But as you get to change the law though. Because now that you've seen it happen, you got to respond to it. You know, there have been some bills filed in the past, and, and most certainly I would support that had a cap on the amount of uh, personal property taxes that you could pay during the year if you had the same car and same truck and, and real estate taxes if you had the same home. Uh, I think that's something that we need to take a look at that because, you know, many Missourians, you know, can't afford to, they got the same truck, the same 2015 Ford F-150, but now they've got, uh, they're going to pay twice as much in, in personal property tax or a much higher amount, even though uh, they've been typically paying less amounts as their truck gets older. So I, I think it's something that we definitely need to take a look at. All right, it's October. That yes. means Mizzou's playing, the Chiefs are playing, the Cardinals are in the playoffs, but you can't, you can't place a bet on them. That's right. There's been, you've been at the center of the gambling discussion mm -hmm. from the very, when it, when it really became conceivable in Missouri that you could actually, maybe sports betting could happen. You're the person who probably knows more about what chances it has to pass. It feels like it's the type of thing that regular people are keying on. I mean, like, no, wait a minute. Why do I have to drive across to Johnson County? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to go across the river to bet on a game? Right. If, if, if the Republican Party is about freedom, why should the government tell you you can't gamble on sports? You know, yes, when, when the Supreme Court of the United States said six years ago that, hey, it's up to the states whether they can have sports book or not, I was the first one to offer an amendment in order to allow Missourians uh, to be able to do that. I fully support Sportsbook. I want to see Sportsbook passed in Missouri, but I want to see a good bill that, that's passed. You know, the ha version of the House bill that was passed was going to provide about $10 million to the state of Missouri in, in tax revenue. Uh, once you take out $2 million for it to be for uh, the Gaming Commission to administer that and $5 million for compulsive and problem gambling, the state of Missouri is going to only receive about $3 million. There are other states such as Illinois that is spending over $10 million just on their compulsive gambling program, as well as Michigan that's spending over $8 million. And so I want to see a, a good bill uh, for that's comprehensive that really takes a look at, at all of Sportsbook in Missouri and also takes a look at video lottery terminals. You know, the, like I said, mm -hmm. the state of Missouri uh, would expect to receive why about. Why can't you? That's what you want to do with your on. money. I mean, I agree. I agree. We're working on it. We're working on it. And, and so the devil's a lot in the details. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that there's lots of money to be made out there by the casinos and professional sports teams and stakeholders. In fact, uh, last year we actually had an agreement from the professional sports teams and one of yeah. the casinos and the sports betting platforms to have a uh, bill that came through. Unfortunately, the casinos did not want that bill. Your and colleague and constituent, Dan Halks, was behind a lot of that. That's right. It feels like, the, uh, as I say back in the scriptures, the waters are troubled. 
Yes. It feels like this is the year. Do you think this is the year this happens? I think this is the year that it happens. We'll have a, an overall comprehensive the gaming plan. The thing has been just, it is truly one thing when, it's almost like the DMV mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. You can't give this to the government. They've just, now pretty much whatever the prosecutor says locally, it's a terrible way to do things. Right. You probably even want some of those things a little better regulated than they are now. It just seems like the kind of common sense thing, if, that, if you want to stick your, your fiber in a machine, why should a, why should a conservative government tell you what to do? I would agree. You know, I'm all about economic freedom, and I want yeah. to make sure that uh, those video lottery terminals, I don't want to over-regulate those. Many of you see those in convenience stores and bars and yeah. restaurants and fraternals. But there needs to be some regulation to where if yeah. you think you're going to win two times out of every hundred times that you play it, that somebody is actually going in there and checking and making yeah. sure that you're going to win and you're not just feeding your money in with no chance of winning. It truly makes sense on both sides of this to have some light regulation, but it's just odd that, that people run on freedom and then will tell you what to do. Uh, you know, I, I agree. I, I think when we look at this, and the money to, has to go toward education for sure. um, gaming as well as veterans. And so we have a veterans home in, here in Warrensburg and I have a veterans cemetery in Higginsville. If we would pass my version of sports book that would generate about $50 million and then the version of video lottery terminals, which generates about $250 million, so five times the amount of sports book, uh, we could look at, at an additional $300 million to the state to go toward education as well as fund our veterans homes and cemeteries. Senator, as the uh, session unfolds, hope you'll come back down the street here in your hometown of Warrensburg and talk to us about it on this week in Missouri politics. Yes, most certainly. We'll be right back with our opinion maker panel. The lady that knows more about elections than anybody I've ever met in this state, Peggy McGaw, joins us after this. For more than a century, the St. Louis Carpenters Union has shaped our communities. Through trusted alliances, we deliver skilled professional craftspeople while our business partners provide the kind of quality jobs that keep our economy humming. It's a blueprint that has worked since 1882. Turning Missouri into a right-to-work state stalls progress, wipes out jobs, and kills momentum. Right-to-work is wrong for everyone. Let's keep Missouri moving forward. Visit carpdc.org to learn more. All rise for Judge Mike Carter, Sundays on ABC 30, host of the Cowboy and Judge Show. Tune in for community advocate Judge Mike Carter and his celebrity guests as they discuss today's hot topics and big issues here at home in Missouri. Hear about the power of good from community leaders, business owners, students, charities, and tons of familiar faces. Court is in session with Judge Mike Carter on the Cowboy and Judge Show. Available at MikeCarter.com or Sundays on ABC 30. The Cowboy Judge Show. Giddy up. Giddy up. Your energy needs are changing. That's why at Ameren, Missouri, we're not waiting on the future. We're building it with the Smart Energy Plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state, helping reduce emissions through cleaner energy sources, boost reliability with self-healing equipment, and better withstand storms with new composite poles. Moving Missouri forward and bringing us all a little closer together. That's energy at work, Ameren, Missouri. Welcome back to so Missouri Politics Opinion Maker Panel Time. The man from Independence, Robbie Sauls. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. The Kansas City legend, Mike Mahoney. Thank you for making the time. Great to be here, Scott. Thank you. Missouri's foremost election expert, Peggy McGall. Thank you for the time. Thanks for having me. And the big winner of the week, my goodness, Representative Brad Paul from Sedalia. So I got to ask you this question. I didn't think the governor vetoed the bill, did you? 
No, I mean, I, he said he was going to veto it. But and I still I didn't said, believe him, did you? Uh, when he said he was going to veto it, I felt like he probably would. You took your but, ticket to the pay window at special session. You won three times over. Tell us, folks, what's in the bill. Well, the bill has, um, it's an agriculture incentives bill. It's something that um, encourages young young farmers, small businesses, small farms to compete with the bigger ones as far as with some incentives with the tax credits. We passed the bill, um, 120 to 30. It was a bipartisan bill in, in special session in the House. It became a little tougher to be bipartisan, but there were some other issues involved in that. And, um, you know, the governor vetoed it. He said we'd passed five tax credits during the session that were all six years, mm -hmm. and agriculture was, was narrowed down to two when it went through the Senate. And um, he felt very strongly that agriculture wasn't going to get the short end of that. And those MASBA tax credits really didn't work with two years. And, he vetoed it, and the big the big issue was to make sure my job and Senator Bean's job was to make sure that the ag groups stayed together. They did. Were all cohesive and fought to get the bill passed through special sessions. It's not always as easy as you made it sound. Robbie Sells, tell me this. There's got to be some bills you leave and you vote no on. You're like, you, it sticks with you on the drive home. That had to be one that you probably were okay with, right? Well, you know, honestly, we, we've had different versions of that bill. I've supported them yeah. every time, and I think it's I think it's... I think there's good parts to that bill. Mike Mahoney, it's an interesting thing. You watch Republicans, supermajority, right? Uh, that su the supermajority of that supermajority is from rural Missouri. Yeah. But it was pulling teeth to pass an ad go through that house. Uh, which, which was uh, surprising. Uh, Brad, one of the things uh, I'd like to have you explain to the viewers, especially the, those in the Kansas City and the St. Louis area, tell them why this ag bill is important for them. For them? Yeah, for the urban areas. Uh, well, I think Missouri. that in the urban areas, you know, one of the bills that was on there was the urban farming bill, right. which was something that Senator Washington and Representative Collins had worked very hard on. And, you know, that doesn't mean you can have a garden in, in, in the urban areas and get, get tax credits for that, but it means that you can take some of those vacant areas, produce some product on those vacant areas, and then sell that product, which is fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, and allow those inner cities, those those more depressed areas, to have some, some um, higher quality food at a cheaper price. Which is a big deal because in Kansas City, Missouri alone, there are thousands of vacant lots. Yes, and so that's a big part of it. Tell me this, it got, it got tight, and there were some reasons Democrats to walk on it. It does seem a little odd that it's hard to get a supermajority of a caucus with a supermajority that causes rural Republicans to support agriculture. Well, it was unfortunate how that was coming down that particular day, but prior to that, you know, we'd heard it on the floor numerous times. I was one of the first ones to sign on as a co-sponsor because, well, first of all, I trust Representative Pollitt, but also my area, Carroll and Sheraton counties, we are totally 100% ag. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, um, we rate in the top 10 of the counties that produce soybeans and corn. So there was no way that I thought that this was something that I could not support and would not support. I was disappointed as time went on that there were other things going on that affected some of the votes. And I'm glad it turned out the way it did. And uh, the representative and senator did a great job explaining why we needed this. Mike Mahoney, the Republicans did a tax cut. And it was, 
maybe maybe bigger than some folks like, but it wasn't some huge break the bank thing that you thought they might overreact and do. Seemed like kind of a reasonable tax cut. Yeah, it wasn't what uh, Governor Parson wanted. It's close, but it wasn't uh, what he uh, wanted. And uh, what he what he did get was he didn't get a fist fight. Okay, yep. and and given the track record, especially in the Missouri Senate over the last couple of years, that's a big deal. And special sessions. Yeah, and special sessions where things can go haywire quite quickly. And, and there was concern at the beginning of this, if everybody remembers, that this could go off the rails. Robbie Sauls, yep. Democrats are uh, not completely against, but pretty much against. Uh, what's the argument for uh, for not cutting the tax bill a little bit? Well, certainly, I you know I, I'm a Democrat and I like tax cuts, but mm -hmm. I like targeted tax cuts. I think, quite frankly, if you're going to really impact the economy, I say, you know, giving a single mom living paycheck to paycheck more money, it, she's going to spend it on her kids. And I think, as far as Democrats go, I think it, we obviously don't control the House and the Senate, but I think if we did, that would be probably something more along the lines of what we would do. Uh, but I think that's probably why. At some point, more and more Missourians don't pay income tax, state income tax. Hard to cut someone's taxes that are at zero. Yeah, and I think the governor explained that yesterday that, you know, an eight, he's had an 18% cut in, in income taxes since he became governor. And um, the more taxes you pay, the more, um, the bigger cut you're going to get. Now, I agree with the representative over there. You know, one of my biggest concerns is whether it's those single mothers or that mother and father that work in the factories of uh, Pettis County that has a house payment, have two cars, and have three kids. I want to make sure those folks send their kids to school and they don't qualify for free and reduced lunches. And I think that's where the targeted part comes, that those folks are working. They're working 40, 50 hours a week. And, um, I, you know, I would like to see them have more in their paycheck to, to take care of those bills because they need to live the American dream. They're workers, and I appreciate and I support people that work. Representative McGall, I've never met an old boy that gets his pay stub on Friday and says, I didn't send enough money to the state. No, no, that's funny. Um, I was happy that the call from the governor included both what would be uh, help for farmers and the city dwellers, as the representative was just saying, because, you know, they go hand in hand. Uh, we're all in this together with the terrible inflation costs, and the, the more we can allow the workers to bring home um, is, bad, is, is best. There, is there not a concern, though, because of the way the final bill was structured on this? If the economy hits a recession, the other steps of this in, in the, the years in the future wouldn't take, uh, wouldn't take effect because the economy is not performing. Is there a concern of that? Sure. I yeah. think that's part of the strength of the bill is that it won't. If we don't hit that $175 million adjusted for inflation that the first year, it doesn't go down to 4.8. And then it's $200 million adjusted for inflation. It doesn't go down to 4.7, 4.6, 4.5. And I, I think that's part of the strength is that we don't want to get into a situation where we get to some other neighboring states that had issues with the tax cut that, that they've given. But I, I think from a Republican side as well, we just passed a 48 or 49 billion dollar budget and there's a lot of bloat in there from the federal government but we have to be really careful on what we're spending our state money on and how big our budget gets and you know i think there's a lot of republicans saying we need to whittle that back a little bit interesting to watch some of the voices in that call because you know there's a you know a reputation where the house will just knee jerk do the most extreme thing all that caucus said, hold on, let's do this smart. Let's not, let's not bankrupt the state. Yeah, there was a whole lot of folks in yeah. our caucus that were really concerned about, because we had heard rumors of maybe $1.3, $1.4 billion. And there was a whole lot of us that saying, we really can't support that. Rosin McGill, you passed an elections bill 
folks voted under it, I guess, in August. They're going to it in November. What's in it? Well, first of all, as you know, that I served as the Carroll County Clerk for over 30 years. And thank you for the intro that set me up to be the expert earlier. <laughs> However, they'd have figured it out anyway. Yeah, I I, I do uh, love elections. I serve as the uh, vice chair of the elections committee, and all throughout that bill and the many others that we heard um, this past session, the ones that had the input of the county clerks and the election boards were the ones that got the most attention and as, as it should be they're in the trenches and they're the ones that wanted to see some real changes we called it the election integrity bill because it is it's 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 full of integrity why was Missouri not one of the states that had bad reviews after the 2020 elections because everyone works together. There's a great communication effort between the Secretary of State's office and the local LEAs. And I know through this process of changing the law from, as you say, August to November, they're out there working hard. They're, they're ready, they're willing, they're, they're excited about what's gonna happen in November. And I think everything will turn out great. Mike, let's talk about what they're gonna be voting on. U.S. Senate race, you tell me, is this gonna be a race? It's not a race right now. Yeah. It, uh, it is uh, not a landslide, but it doesn't seem to be that competitive. It doesn't feel competitive on the ground. Um, I, I think Eric Schmidt's going to be the next U.S. Senator from Missouri. Representative, give me the case for Trudy Bush Valentine. I mean, very nice person. I've met her. Sure. Yeah, I think she is a nice lady. Uh, uh, I think what she's doing is she's starting to pick up her campaign. She's got some issues that she's hitting uh, Eric Schmidt on that I think are, are very popular issues, such as the foreign ownership mm -hmm. of farmland issue. You saw how effective that was in special session. That's, it it exactly. shut the place down. Exactly, which I think is a very popular position that, that people yeah. uh, have. And then um, the fact that he was the first to sign on the uh, with the abortion and, and no exceptions for rape and incest, that kind of thing. I mean, those are issues that are very popular amongst Missourians in are general. Are you hearing that on the doors in independence? Abortion? Are people bringing that up to you? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think, you know, historically, um, it, 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 people have opinions on abortion, and, that, and that's understandable. Uh, but I think this is, I think most people are, think this is, is just too far. Let's talk about, what, give me a prediction time. What's this race going to end up? Double digits. You think it's 10 points? What do you think? I agree. What do you think? Double, uh, double digits. I want to uh, go back to something on, on this foreign ownership uh, land. I, I, I did a story on this uh, for KNBC last week. Um, yes, Eric Schmidt voted twice for this uh, Senate bill, uh, uh, Senate Bill 9 back in 2013, I believe, uh, to permit foreign companies to own, not just China, but foreign, uh, foreign companies. And the thing about it is, is uh, the Bush spot is correct as far as that goes. But um, China is not a large player in terms of ownership of Missouri farmland, uh, and China and Missouri is not a big player in terms of states that have a lot of uh, foreign-owned land. Astonishingly, the first state, the top state on that list, is Maine. Maine has more than three million acres owned by Canada, and is primarily forest land. The 3.1 million for uh, in the state of Maine. Then it's Texas, Alabama's another one up there. So her claim on uh, the Chinese vote by Eric Schmidt is accurate, but there's a lot more to it than that. Well, Brad Ballot, with a minute left, to win the week? Well, I, I don't want to take your fire and say St. Louis fans because they get to see Albert off, but of course. I'll say, um, Hopefully I'll not say for a couple weeks, Missouri yeah. agriculture. Yeah, that's right. Who won the week? Well, I would like to give all the props to my Representative Pollitt yes. here, but also the way that um, our speaker-elect 
Plocker was able to yeah. maneuver the process in the end to make sure that nothing was lost was admirable. Who won the week? I'm looking at the uh, winner of the week right across the table here. <laughs> Tripled his money at the casino. He How about did. that? He did. Who but, won the week? Uh, that's tough. I'd say, you know, you got Albert Pujols. I give honorable mention to the governor for getting as well as Brad. And I, I, I think TBV is coming back. I think she's she's actually putting more in, into this race now. So I guess I'd say her as well. I, and, I, and even though I'm from Kansas City, I'm a lifelong Cardinal fan. So I'm with you guys on this. I'm going to say Johnny Morris and the folks at Bass Pro. I was down in Branson this weekend. Got to go to the Garth Brooks concert. Beautiful venue. Terrific spot. Don't miss a chance to go there. It reminded me of West Butler County 1999 putting the tapes in the truck. It's a great time. We'll see you guys next week on This Week in Missouri Politics. This Week in Missouri Politics is sponsored by the Missouri Automobile Dealers Association, Ameren, Spire, and Sterling Bank.